Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cross Pods podcast. I'm Lydia Champole, and this week we will be playing you an episode from the Mitchell Report Unleashed podcast, hosted by Rory Mitchell. You can follow him on Twitter at officially Rory and on Instagram at re3684. On this episode, we get a chance to sit down with Lee Tebow as he shares his story on how his life changed on June 25th, 2013 from a horrific motorcycle accident. He speaks about all of the challenges he has endured, how he used this experience as motivation to educate himself and others on recovery and nutrition, as well as explains a more holistic approach to medicine. Everything that Lee shares on this episode is well-researched, clinically proven, and credited by various doctors and health professionals. In this hour and a half of content, take a listen and educate yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again episode 136 and sitting right across from me a friend of the show he's not only a friend of the show he's used to be a boxer but we had to bring him on today for his own personal story lee tebow welcome to the mitchell report unleashed my friend thanks uh rory it's uh, nice to be here so i'm here with rory mitchell and uh this is the mitchell report unleashed and Today I'm taking off the gloves, so it's uh, absolutely unleashed, and so uh, as you heard, my name is Lee Tebow, and I'm going to tell you a little story and, and get into some really fun things I've stumbled across here in time. So just over five and a half years ago, uh, June 25th, 2013, I was in a very serious catastrophic motorcycle crash, which has left me paralyzed from the chest down, and, um, and I unfortunately also took a, a below knee amputation after a, a, a pile of orthopedic fractures and a broken neck and broken ribs and my left foot being degloved and a broken back and unfortunately one of those vertebrae touched that spinal cord which has made uh, me a paraplegic with a spinal cord injury so I'm currently wheelchair bound but um, as I was making my recovery in the hospital I got the opportunity to participate in experimental research which led me to Zurich Switzerland becoming the first Canadian ninth of 12th in the world and I took a neural stem cell transplant for experimental research in the hopes of near future treatments to reverse paralysis. And I gotta say, things are looking so wonderfully well in Switzerland. Professor Armin Kurt, who is a neurologist and professor and leading uh, professor in spinal cord injuries, is doing an exceptional job in working diligently around the clock uh, through his phases and his studies. Things are looking safe, things are looking effective. But also as a result of getting to meet Professor Armin Kurt in Zurich, Switzerland, I also got to meet a very, very uh, amazing and wonderful neuroscientist. His name is Gregoire Cortin. Gregoire Cortin is the neuroscientist we've seen in the news who has developed the new neuroprosthetic technologies where he's implanting suites of electrodes into brains and spinal cords to really amplify that neuroplasticity to reorganize central nervous systems to give individuals who suffer with these neurological injuries that inhibit them from from walking or moving normally um, he's giving that back and and his research is absolutely looking uh, profound and he's doing such an amazing job as well too in switzerland in Lausanne, switzerland where he welcomed me into his laboratory where i got to see individuals that had taken spinal cord injuries and and when you think of spinal cord injuries you probably think of our late christopher reeves with his very, very high cervical spinal cord injury that left him paralyzed from the neck down. 
and his hopes were to see people eventually get their mobility back after these very, very traumatic and, and catastrophic spinal cord injuries. And, and I can absolutely tell everyone that we're winning and, and I'm trying to instill the hope back in our communities that, that things are being worked on and worked on uh, hard to really reverse these really terrible injuries. And, and I've got to witness it, which has allowed me to move forward with my disability with hope and to also get into some very wonderful things and meet some wonderful people but also stumble across problems that I'm starting to see that's becoming consistent as I wheel, wheel around as a paraplegic. And so that's where um, I realized um, health, wellness, sickness, and disease is a very, very big thing when it comes to disability. And that's where, you know, following the statistics and following the research and looking at the science and understanding the science and understanding how the scientific method is used here in North America and across the world is where I realized I started to, to dive in because I really wanted to take care of my health. I wanted to do everything that Christopher Reeves said to do was, was keep your body as best fit as possible so that when those near future treatments come down the pipeline, you'll be ready. And so I'm doing exactly that. But I've gone above and beyond and further than anyone I currently know or I've spoken to uh, when it comes to health and wellness. And that's where I can say that everyone's sick and I now know why. And so I started realizing um, being in the wheelchair, I stumbled across a few problems. I had to learn about bacteria because I unfortunately took a nick on my knee, which turned into a very se severe uh, bacterial infection. And I thought, Jesus, I, I can't have this take my life. So I had to get smart. And so I got to talk with the infectious disease doctors. And, you know, they have a slew of antibiotics. And, and, and the side effects of antibiotics, it was really, really tough. And so I had to learn of how I can, one, prevent this, and then, two, how I can take care of myself so so that if this does happen again if there's an alternative and that's when I start to dive in to medical nutrition and that's why today I'm I'm dropping the mitts off and I'm gonna let everyone know that I've stumbled across a lot of research that tells me that this is a good idea and one thing I can say is that there's 91 essential nutrients that your body can't make they need to get from food there's unfortunately no more food in our food and so we have to resort to supplementing. And just like wine, not all wine's the same. And so that's where when you used to hear the, the videos or you hear people say, oh, you know that, you know, these food supplements or these vitamins are just, you know, basically expensive pee. It's only going in and you're flushing it out. Well, you are, that's, that's a half truth because some companies have now figured this out where we're binding these minerals, these vitamins, amino acids, and now our essential fatty acids, which are fish oils, we're figuring out ways to get your intestines, your small intestines, the villi in your small intestines to absorb these nutrients and these minerals through binding them through amino acids or sugar meal molecules which seem to go above and beyond and further when it comes to absorbing and understanding how you get these minerals and vitamins into your body instead of them being binded to salts. So I took a very, very expensive uh, healthcare practitioner course a few years ago with the with the Poliquin group. And as we all know, Charles Poliquin unfortunately passed away at age 57. Something went wrong, and it sounds like it, it went wrong with his heart. And I don't know, and I can't tell you uh, what was missed. But what I can say is that Dr. Joel Wallach, who was a veterinarian doctor of medicine, thus becoming a naturopathic doctor of medicine, says that there's 91 essential nutrients the body needs, can produce, and you need to be taking these things daily so things don't break. And on top of that, there's currently about 12 to 13 bad foods 
that everyone should stay away from, let alone be downwind of. And some of these things include where I've been telling people, if I had to choose between smoking a cigarette or eating fried food, I would smoke the cigarette. Because unfortunately, when it comes to frying food, any food that has a protein molecule in it and you fry it, you thus turn that molecule into what's called an acrylamide. An acrylamide, which the World Health Organization and some very, very credible universities across the map have studied, acrylamides are carcinogens. That will give you, over a long period of time, the net negative effects of fried food will give you cancer. And that's why when you look at the map on the United States, because they have a, a larger population and it's easier to, to really look at their statistics, when you look at the old Confederate South and you look at, and you look at the life expectancy, unfortunately life expectancy in the old Confederate South is the shortest. Shortest lived individuals in the old Confederate South and it's like, well, why? They have the same access to, to fresh water, they have the same access to, to medical, they have the same, same access to grocery, everything is the same from state to state to state. What's different? Well, unfortunately, in the old Confederate South, they ate fried food like a religion. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. The highest levels of heart disease and cancer are coming from the old Confederate South. And these are the statistics and the investigations and going in and seeing that, yes, we now understand that this is probably a bad idea and we should definitely stay away from it. And the other one as well too that just came out in 2015 actually following the science, which is not me saying it, this is the literature saying it. And if you believe Harvard is a very credible school, which I believe they're a very credible school, um, and other universities and the World Health Organization, which is very credible, they came out and said that genetically modified organisms or genetically modified foods are linked to four different types of cancers. And then also on top of that, when we're spraying down our crops that is feeding the population with herbicides and pesticides like glyphosate, which is the roundup that's used to protect the crops from the bugs and the bacterias, unfortunately, that too is also a carcinogen. So not only are giving yourself high levels of inflammation, but you're also feeding yourself with things that will give you cancer. And this is a very, very serious, difficult topic to be had but I realized I want to protect everyone's health as best as I possibly can when I'm laying out all this information. Everyone's busy in their day, you're busy with your career or your job, and I'm the one muddling through, figuring out what are the best things for health. And that's why in my home, I now have what's called a water ionizer. So I, I hydrate on alkalized water. It filters my water, keeps the minerals in my water that are essential for, for my health and it's the best way to hydrate that body. And so that's where I realized when you actually start to understand the research, look at the science and to see what's good and bad, and that's where I realized reverse osmosis water machines are actually not a good idea. And you can actually say that reverse osmosis could potentially give you osteoporosis because it's cleaned out from all the minerals that your bones and your body needs to survive. And so that's why I started discovering these things. That's why I realized drinking water is a big thing. Um, getting the 60 minerals, I believe it's 16 vitamins, nine amino acids, three to five essential fatty acids for a total of 91 essential nutrients that you need daily for things not to break. And that's a good start. And to stay away from the bad foods, which I'm gonna continuously lay out. I'm gonna put it on my website. I'm gonna talk more about these foods when it comes to corn and soy. And, the, and God forbid, we've heard about gluten, gluten, gluten. And everyone, you know, has their opinion about gluten, but it's no longer a matter of opinion. 
Unfortunately, majority of individuals cannot digest gluten. Gluten is a protein present in our wheat, barley, rye, and oats. And this gluten protein, it's actually nice actually. When you look at it, it's daisy chained with a bunch of amino acids, which amino acids are essential for health. But when that gluten protein goes in, and if your body, which unfortunately majority of in individuals and humans can't digest and break down that gluten protein, what it will do is it'll make its way down your gastrointestinal tract till it pulverizes the villi in your small intestines. And the villi are hair-like um, hair -like, um, follicles. follicles in your small intestine that, that are responsible for absorbing your nutrients. So when you pulverize these villi, think about this. Really critically think about it. What happens when you start pulverizing your intestines and your gastrointestinal tract? What diseases are now linked to this? You're starting to find a friend or a family member. You're starting to hear Crohn's, colitis, irritable bowel syndrome. And it's like, what can that almost, looking at correlationally, but now that we have the science that's telling us that this is what's actually happening internally in your bodies. You know, so, so very serious so stuff. We, uh, let's, let's, let's dial it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's dial I, it back. I gotta, I gotta treat that as, as like the introduction to the show because... Yeah. You just came out hot at the gate. I appreciate it. Fresh you went, the gate. You went straight to the to business. That's why we're here. But what I want to do is I want to dial it back just a little bit and kind of get a little bit of a of a side story for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And things like that. So you used to box. I used to box. Yeah. Right. And and I know that. And uh, quote me on this. You were big. You were idolized a lot by with, with Floyd Mayweather and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the conversations we had. I went to one of your fights and stuff like that. I saw you dominate the guy and all that good stuff. <laughs> but going back to your boxing to now the situation that you are here right now. You know what I mean? June twenty fifth, two thousand thirteen. Go back to those moments, and I, I don't want to sound like disrespectful, but I want you to go back to those moments as far as what did that. What was going through your head from everything with the whole entire accident, leading up to the accident, from boxing to now the accident, when that accident happened there? Oh, yeah. Well, that, uh, that's the tough part of the story, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You go from such a, an active lifestyle, you know, boxing, and I was working as an aircraft mechanic, which my, that's what my training was in college, to yep. be an aircraft mechanic for Air Canada Jazz. And then, bang, I went for a motorcycle ride, and I didn't make it home. I found myself in hospital with just absolutely pulverized, broken neck, my teeth hanging out, pulverized ribs. They wanted to amputate my leg pretty early. And then, and then as the days went on, I was finally informed that I was paralyzed from the chest down and I sustained a spinal cord injury. It was a devastating thing to think about from such an active lifestyle. So um, that's where I can't lie. A lot of tears ran down my face in hospital and, and, and for some time because you just don't know what what you're going to do with the rest of your life and and you want to walk out of the hospital and unfortunately that day didn't happen for me so it was very sad for myself and, and my family and i didn't know what life was going to be like in a wheelchair i thought it was going to be a very very difficult life and that i didn't want to live a life in a wheelchair and um and so it was just it was just uh, a fear it was, it was a fear it was a fear because the reason why i ask this question is because we all go through accidental situations. You hear, you know, athletes or the normal common person tear an ACL or tear cartilage off their ankle and things like that. Yours is a little different. It's much more different, much more horrific. Yep. What would you tell, like, people that 
are not in your situation, but you've experienced you've experienced yeah. the hardships, but that get so they get beat up so so much because they may tear their ACL or they may jack up their knee. What would you tell them from the situation that you're currently in? The situation that I'm currently in is that you're not alone. There's someone else that's done probably done the exact almost the exact same thing. Yep. And so as human beings, you start communicating, you start making friends, it makes it a lot easier when you go through these tough times and you're not alone. Yeah. So find the people that have gone through it and they'll, they'll give you the yeah. advice and yeah. they'll certainly help you out because 100%. it's tough. It's 100%. freaking tough and there's nothing, there's nothing easy about life. And especially when you take these injuries that really set you back, yeah, it can make it life a lot, a lot more tough. And so 100%. that's why when you find people that are in your best interest to help you and encourage you and inspire you and to motivate you and get you back on track, that's probably a good idea. Absolutely. And that's why I think we need more people like yourself to be able to speak articulately you know what I mean because there's so much that you have to offer and I, and I did the quick comparison even before we hit the record button I said you remind me a lot like Inky Johnson by the things that you're saying the trials and tribulations that you had to go through you know what I mean yeah to where you are now because you're now a walking book of knowledge and I know that we just cracked the first little introduction this is only oh, the introduction yeah. we haven't even got into like oh yeah the, the, the real meat and potatoes and you could probably hear my tone but my, my tone when it's up and down just understand that that that's just passion absolutely i'm just absolutely. passionate about this and stuff that's and, what i appreciate and i yeah. actually i'm actually interested in individuals and i'm interested in in the human race and and i want to do everything i possibly can to to help just one other person and if that becomes contagious then wonderful absolutely yeah so going through the road to recovery elaborate on switzerland right well, i've heard switzerland's yep. ahead they're ahead of their time <laughs> they are ahead of their to they're ahead the of their time when it comes to you know rehabilitation things like that is kind of dive deep into the whole entire switzerland situation so coming coming out of canada you know we're only trained within our one, our monetary system, our education and our training and the companies that, that drive the technologies and the innovations and, and the individuals that we have in our country to begin with and where we, we push the money. So here in, in North America, we have you know, we've established militaries, space programs. There's a lot of money invested into this stuff so we don't have as much money to invest in other things. Where my experience overseas in, in Europe and in Switzerland especially as I see that Switzerland has a totally different system. They don't have a military. They're not investing millions and millions and millions of dollars in the space programs. So they invest more money into their technologies and I, I realize the individuals, based on their philosophy that guide their utterances in those countries, that they're very career-driven people. They wanna figure things out and they really enjoy being able to figure things out to help other human beings, which is why they, they seem to have exceeded us by quite a few years. And that's when I made my way to Switzerland I got to try the I, I got to try the the locomat, uh, the locomat technology in Switzerland, and and that's where I realized this is technology that we need here in Canada. So I got on page to get involved with the St. Joseph Parkwood Foundation, to to get some of these technologies that I think could really benefit individuals here in this country when it comes to disabilities and injury and and sickness and disease and. And so we're, so we're now keeping up and there's a lot of wonderful people involved in these things and I like being involved in these things and it's, it kind of gives you that whole um, life purpose, you know, meaning to your life. When you get involved in, you share the good news and, and you see the amazing stuff that, that people have never even heard about. When I came back, 
there was a lot of people that never heard about Professor Armin Kirk, never heard about Pro Professor Quartine or some of these innovations and technologies. This is the so, first time you even hearing these guys. So I thought, I thought, well, this is wonderful. So if I'm coming back home and I feel like I'm like one of the first ones to stumble across all this amazing stuff, well, I'm definitely going to share it. I can't just hide, you know, in my home and, and not share this information that could potentially help someone. So that's where the, the experience itself is everything. Mm -hmm. experience is everything you can read books for days but when you actually go and experience this stuff it, it will set you straight you know and, and that's what changes your belief system when you realize this stuff works we, yeah. we need to get a hold of this and we need to hopefully correct some of our philosophy and, and adopt some of these philosophies where things are working so oh, absolutely that was a great experience for me Here's a here's a here's something because you you touched a lot about the foods that we eat and the fancy fa facades that you see people create. You know, I always say there's nothing wrong with people like to say going on diets, but I say a lot more about flexible eating. And you talk about the foods that we put in our body, right? You yep. have some people that experience keto. You have some people that experience all these different things that they want to do: intermediate fasting, what works for you, and this and that. Coming for the information that you know, right? What would you say, in your personal opinion, is your outline look on all these different things that they say, like intermediate fasting, the keto diet? Um, I know you believe big yep. into alkaline in the body, like you talked about with the water and all yep. that stuff. How do you? What, what's your take on everything, in your personal opinion? Well, I think there's a lot of great research out there, but I think when it when it comes to correlational studies, we don't know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, you can mm -hmm. you can say, well, this person started eating these berries and they started having these the, the efficacy just from eating these better berries in their diet and it's like okay did they just eat the berries did they also remove you know these foods from their diet like you know how far does it go right we just don't know but then when we dive in and really really look at the pathological research like we we we'd, we'd done autopsies you know dr wallach did over twenty-five thousand autopsies over 10 million blood cultures so he has a clue of what's going on. And a lot of these things absolutely make sense. And a lot of these things can be one used as tools or these are things we should adopt long term. And so that's why to make it easy, almost like a one size fits all, is it definitely makes sense to keep your body neutrified with the minerals and vitamins, essential fatty acids and amino acids that your bodies need and they can't produce daily to drink better clean, clean drinking, to drink good water, and to also stay away from the foods that are definitely trying to kill you. 100%. You know, absolutely. just stay away from yeah, these things. Yeah. And then also start learning. Start learning about the cultures that seem to be going the furthest with longevity. And it's like, well, why? And then sure enough, it goes to show that they have the highest levels of anti antioxidants in the foods that they're eating. So I'll say this, because you look at in the, in the I don't want to say African-American or what in the black culture, uh, one of the biggest trend-setting things is you'll see is diabetes. Diabetes yep. runs very, very big, predominant into the black culture. And it's like, I know a couple of Americans and, I, and they joke and they say, oh, well, I got the sugar. And they say they got the diabetes. And you look at like other, other generations or you look at other ethnicities, you know what I mean? Like the Asians, they have certain things that they do with Chinese herbal medicine and things yep. like that. And you see why they may be a little further ahead when it comes to the things that they believe in and things like that so what like it's like as a collective effort as humans it's like we need people like you to be able to explore you've been there you've gone through it yep. you went through the research 
you have no notes. I'm the one who's got the show prep notes. And you're basically firing them out because you're here to give us the information that we need and stuff like that. So what, what's your take on what's your take on that? How do you think we could create that as as a society itself? Well, I think we should get away from the monetary system is, is hurting us in the sense where these entities have monopolized when it comes to health. We need to stop listening to the companies that create our food and tell us which food to eat. We should really think about this. And when, when we realize when the science comes in and it hits the table and we read it and it's crystal clear, we should really think about this and share this knowledge. And we should really challenge our government. Look what they've done in France. You know, they've gotten rid of all genetically modified foods, period, done. You know, the UK has now gotten rid of all kinds of plastics because they realized this is a bad idea. You know, and so we really need to, we need to challenge our government when it comes to these things so we can protect ourselves. And so that's why it's been very difficult knowing that the statistics are now showing that it's like one in every two individuals is going to experience cancer. And it's like, well, I don't want to get cancer. What are things we can do to one, prevent it? And then two, if we were to get cancer, what are things we can do to really challenge our bodies to, to heal ourselves? Because I do believe, which is where I, my philosophy leans, is that the body knows how to heal itself. It wants to heal itself. When you give it the right tools and raw materials to heal itself, you should see, you should see the things I've seen and the people I've talked to that have defeated some very, very serious diseases. And I'm talking cancer, multiple sclerosis, some very, very serious, serious uh, diseases that were taking their life. And, and they got on board and they did everything right. And that's where I stumbled across certain foods like fucoidin. You know, no one's heard about this before. And I, and I started really researching this and it's out there. And it's definitely out there. And there's even a lot of research that backs it. So fucoidin is a seaweed that's come from Japan. And Japan's a very, very serious place because we've heard of the atomic bombs that struck down in, in the amounts of radiation. And unfortunately, the culture ionizing, taking in all that radiation, it did, did terrible, terrible things. But this seaweed made its ascendance around Japan and they adopted this seaweed into their soups and it started eradicating the cancer. And so then when someone finally went in to investigate and they realized like, how is this cancer falling off the map here in Japan with, with such a serious radiation problem? And they realized it was from this almost from this seaweed exclusively that this seaweed was increasing apoptosis, which is the deaths of cells and, and can help to eradicate the tumors and, and when cells go wonky. And then two, it's very, very high levels of, of, of absorbable vitamin C, which, which vitamin C is, it, if, if the drug companies can patent in vitamin C, they, they would definitely do it. And then two, it also, and then three, it also inhibits the birth of new cells, which we know, uh, new, blood, or new blood vessels, sorry. And it inhibits the birth of new blood vessels, which blood vessels feed your fat, fat cells, and it feed, would definitely feed tumors and cancer cells. And so that's where I'm thinking, wow, if I unfortunately stumbled across cancer, because there's so many toxins out in the world nowadays, when you walk out and you breathe in the, the carbon monoxide from a vehicle and, and that gets into your body and becomes free radicals and does severe damage, and eventually the net negative effects over time, if you're absorbing all these toxins and get cancer, I would definitely, one, be neutrifying that body, drinking really, really good, clean uh, water, which uh, water ionize, ionizers are making their sentence and they're doing a really good job. And then two, I'd be drinking Fucoidin back, which is now turned in, they turned it into a nice um, 
um, extract so you can take it back in a liquid form and I'd be drinking that stuff like it was going out, out of business you know like <laughs> I would be really serious to, to be taking that stuff back and these are things we know about and that's where like I make comments about a Nobel Prize winner who's a neuroscientist and her name's UU2 and uh, in 2010 she was the one that discovered a plant that eradicated malaria and so these are very 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 serious and difficult conversations to have but there's a lot of profound plants out there that are doing wonderful things, which if you've seen the, the video, my latest video discussing ibogaine, which is a psychedelic medicine and what that's doing for mental health, you know, these things are going far farther than pharmaceutical drug, any pharmaceutical drug I've ever seen. And this is the thing is I'm not against pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah, yeah. I'm not against our medical doctors. I'm not against the American Medical Association or the CDC or the FDA or any of these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just there's a lot of great tools that are there and we should have these conversations. I am against maybe the excessive use of pharmaceutical drugs or the go-to when it comes to pharmaceutical drugs where the net negative effects over a prolonged period of time end up looking really bad and there's better ways we can, we can tackle these problems but we have to have these conversations. We have to have these conversations. It's very serious. And so that's where I realize um, some of these plant-based medicines are definitely going to help humans moving forward. And exactly. that's where I believe human, uh, human, when it comes to mental health, I believe is a, is, a, is, a, is a human right. And we ought to have this conversation because the leading cause of disability is mental health and substance abuse. The leading cause of disability. Facts. Factual. And, and yeah. we have to talk about this. So we get into this whole food bit. And I kind of want to wind it down. Because we hear, and I've heard somebody by the name of Dame Dash, you know, world-famous hip-hop motivator and things like that, Rockefeller, all that stuff. He said something that made a lot of sense in one of his Instagram interviews. He said that we sit here and we eat meat, and we know that meat is the biggest leading source to cancer, right? And you speak about cancer. Yeah. And my thing, and I've, I've not joked about cancer because it's a very, very serious thing, but I've always yeah. said that now, lately... Cancer feels like catching the cold. It seems like you can yeah. just get it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the ones that we still eat meat, I'm an advocate. I still eat meat. And yeah. I've been even, I've been telling friends of mine, I'm like, you know what? I've been thinking about kind of coming out that meat, that meat train now a little bit. You know what I mean? And find some other avenues and things like that. And you hear them say, well, why are you going to stop eating meat? You're telling me you wouldn't go to the keg and not eat a steak? Of course I'll go to the keg. Of course I'll go to a steakhouse and eat a steak. It's good. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, of course, yeah. But I always say, Let's start doing things a little bit differently within moderation. Yourself, do you still eat meat or yep. is it something that you just kind of... I still eat meat and I actually understand that conversation when it comes to meat and cancer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, this is where... Um, Dr. Peter Glidden says this actually. He says, it's not the gun, it's how we use it. Facts. And so when it comes to red meat, um, we've been doing it wrong and it's, and it's the way we're cooking our red meats. And so if you cook your red meats beyond rare or medium rare, you produce a chemical called heterocyclic amine. And this heterocyclic amine is a carcinogen. And that's why you're hearing about all of these uh, colon cancers and yep. you're hearing about these stomach cancers and everyone's trying to link it to the meat. But someone actually went in and did the research and they realized it's not the meat, it's how we're cooking the meat. You know, And then two, we're now pumping our animals full of antibiotics. They're now eating, you know, uh, corn and soy, which is sprayed down with that glyphosate and is also genetically modified as well, too, because whatever they eat, we then eat because we are eating them. Exactly. And so, th so that's where the true problems in here, because 
if you actually took it all took it all away and you just had clean raw wild organic meat and this was an animal just eating the natural foods of the earth wasn't affected by these antibiotics or or any of these pollutions or poisons and then also you cooked it properly um, I don't think you would see these problems and so that's where we miss it where someone says oh that's bad and it's like well why let's really look at why and that's where now we're saying you know corn and soy is bad and it's like well why is it the corn and soy itself and it's like well no actually no if you can get heirloomed or organic corn or soy which is a very hard thing to do you'll be fine but if you're getting them where they're sprayed down with the glyphosate and the roundups or if you're getting them where they're genetically modified that's a totally different story and that's what's hurting you it's hurting you on the process of how the food is making it to your table and and where the food's coming from so a lot of its source as well too elaborate on ph levels because I've, I've i try to hit home with this with some people and they look at me like i have a third eye when we talk about the ph and i've said the way you can experience a ph is how foods can create mucus in your body right yeah so say for instance i'll give you an example you eat pancakes so obviously when you eat pancakes you're gonna put maple syrup on your pancakes now depending on what type of syrup you use it's gonna create mucus after you're done eating it right same thing even with coffee like I drink coffee and I put maybe coffee whitener and I put sugar in my coffee. Yeah, of course. And I yeah. know that's just how it is. Yeah. But there's times where if you actually sit back and I dial it back and I think about it, why is that coffee creating mucus? That's why they say drink your coffee black. When you put all yeah. the other stuff into it, that's when your coffee becomes liquid sugar. You know what I mean? Just brew your coffee, instant coffee, straight black. And I'm like, you know what? Eventually I'm going to have to do this. Same thing with green tea. Green tea. You boom, you, you drink that back, you're totally fine. It doesn't create no mucus and things like that. Elaborate more and back me up here on the pH levels. So pH levels, this is a big thing because people have been bringing up pH levels and drinking, you know, alkalized water and, the, uh, and alkaline bodies and this and that. And, and so these are the things we can definitely achieve through our foods. And a lot of it actually is through our, our vegetables, actually, and our fruits when it comes to alkaline bodies. And... And this is something we realize too, when, when you actually uh, find a, you know, a, a cancer patient, when they actually take their blood out, they can actually see and measure the acidity within their blood. And that's why there's uh, an organization down in, in, in Mexico, unfortunately, because North America or Canada, United States won't allow it. It's, it's illegal to do this in, in Canada, United States, unfortunately, is they'll take the patient's blood out and they will clean that blood and they'll oxygenate that blood because we understand that cancer cells are one their primary one of their primary fuel sources is glucose is the sugar and and understand sugar is actually not the real problem our D, your dna is made of sugar 100%. but the refined and excessive use of sugars then becomes the problem mm -hmm. so so mm -hmm. that's where we that's a different, totally different conversation so the whole alkaline acid body is is Unfortunately, when the, when the body falls into, into an acid state it's because you're eating a lot of foods that are high levels of inflammation and you're building that, that, that mucus up because your body's trying to protect itself so you don't have all that um, uh, acid esophageal re reflexes and, and heartburn and, and all these things going wrong and you start to, it starts to disrupt your bowels because those are high levels of inflammation because we're eating the foods that are giving us the, such high levels of inflammation, fried food, corn and soy, the skins of baked potatoes, um, you know, just um, neutralizing stomach acid. So if you go to eat a meal and you eat it with a carbonated beverage, 
the carbon dioxide will neutralize the stomach acid while you're eating your meal, which makes it very, very difficult to digest. And then you're, you're not going to feel so well. So I don't care if it's Perrier, champagne, beer, and or soda. And that's what gives us the bloating situation. And that's the happens. bloating. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And we're looking yeah. now, we're leaning towards obesity. Obesity is epidemic. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely epidemic. It's a very, very serious problem. And obesity is now being linked. When you start storing uh, fat like that and knowing that fat, when it comes to toxins and pollutions and chemicals, these chemicals are fat soluble. They like to hide their way in these fats. So then when your liver, when you finally decide to get your liver working properly, which your liver does such a big job in the body and also helps to keep your body alkaline and away from this disease and sickness, knowing that disease and sickness loves to live in the acidic bodies. Also, the bad bacteria that loves to live in these environments and loves to be fed by the by, by the sugar as well too. These are very, very serious problems and that's why it makes sense. So I don't care actually if you're if you're a vegetarian, a vegan, or you like to eat your meat, it's it's a good idea to learn about how to eat our foods and to eat better foods and then to also nutrify your body. And, and if you think you can go to the grocery store and get the 91 essential nutrients to keep the, the body with all the, all the essential nutrients the body can produce daily, you're fooling yourself. You just can't, unfortunately. Not in the 21st century. We're having a very difficult time with this. And when you look at the statistics for sickness and disease, you know, you look at anything from Alzheimer's to uh, diabetes to cancer, everything is, is really taking off and, and we need to have these conversations and we need to protect ourselves. And so when it comes to keeping that body alkaline, if we go back to, you know, the foods of the earth and, you know, a lot of our good vegetation that we protect and we clean, cleaning your food is a very, is now becoming a priority, cleaning your food so you can eat these foods and keep the inflammation down, eat a pile more of antioxidants keep the body alkaline, you're not going to stumble across these, these which I call 21st century problems. Yeah, you no, know? absolutely. And some people say to me, they laugh when I say this, and I say, I don't really get sick. And I'm kind of fighting a cold right now, but yeah. it is what it is, and I'm okay. I'm not like stuffy nose, but anytime I get sick now, I'll only get like a sore throat. Very rare you'll yeah. see me get a stuffy nose. And, you know, just because I can pick up a draft like that, you know, it's just how it naturally oh, yeah. happens. And I know with myself, I do a thing called oil of oregano. So I add oil of oregano to my juice. Yeah. Right. And what that does, it basically, it's good for the immune system. Now, people look at me and go, oh, you drink oil of oregano. It's an urban legend. It's a myth. I've been doing it for the last however many years and I am good. I don't really catch the normal common cold that's going to knock you down for like a week. So... Maybe I'm doing something that's supposed to be correct here. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, then when you when you dive in, and you start looking at these things because you look at these herbs, and think about this one herb. So for those who are suffering with the kidney stones, well, one, we really got to fix your parathyroid, which is behind your thyroid, and we need to really fix that so we can get you from the calcium deficiency here. But if you're really suffering with these kidney stones, you can use a herb actually, which is um, called. Berberus vulgaris and that actually helps to to beat up the kidney stones in your kidneys and you know And this is a herb so herbs are definitely definitely useful But also when it comes to the immune system and boosting that immune system So your immune system is the police and then your fire department is your minerals Which you need to get which is essential the, you want to put out these fires and keep these fires at bay So you need your minerals you need your vitamins your amino acids your essential fatty acids so you can keep the any fires that show up at bay and then your police department is your immune system so here's a good one you've probably never heard before 
is it's called colloidal silver hydrosol. So they've put in pharmaceutically graded water, they've put um, silver particles in the water. And, and we now know that silver is a really good idea and it's helping uh, actually burn victims where they use the silvers and we use the silvers for healing and to defeat bacterias. And so now we put it in a pharmaceutically graded water and they changed the size from nanometer size to now picometer size, which is a thousand times smaller than nanometer. And by ingesting certain um, milliliters daily, especially while you're going through sickness, you can actually boost your immune system. And the, the, and the, and the, silver, the silver is antifungal, antibacterial. It boosts your immune system. The silver is strong enough to kill zombies. You know, and, and people don't know about this. And this is a good tool to have at hand when you're going through these sicknesses because these are bacteria, bacteria sicknesses. When you've got the sore throat, probably um, it could be, it could be st uh, staph, could be whatever mm -hmm. type of bacteria. Mm -hmm. And also knowing that we ought to start having a better relationship with bacteria because um, I believe it said that we're about 90% microbial cells, which were 90% bacteria. And so we have to have a better relationship with bacteria and in protecting our guts, which is a, its own little micro, micro um, dome of, of bacteria. And there's extreme correlation between, you know, your, your mental health and your gut bacteria. And so that's why we want to, uh, we want to understand these herbs better. And there's a lot of books out there and a lot of research, and we really need to stick to the scientific literature and to see people pulling these things apart and, and figuring out well, why? And so that's why I've become a really why guy. When someone says, like yourself, I take oregano, oregano, and it seems to keep me healthy and, and free of, you know, these colds, or I get through them quickly. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, why? Let's go find out why. Exactly. And then you can really lay it down on someone and say, you know what? Oregano would be a really good idea to have in your diet, especially when you're going through a, a cold or something. Yeah, so, yeah. same thing. I've also heard about garlic is good for the body also, too. Yep. Um, I know a friend of mine that does the... the the vertical diet. I don't know a lot about the vertical diet, but he doesn't even use. He uses um, the pink salt, the that's Himalayan the Himalayan yeah. salt. He uses and things like that. And I've seen how his body's completely transformed, you know. And he's come on my show also too. So that's that's Mike Chalk and consistency. Yeah. I got to give him a shout out on that too. Yeah, salt salt's a good idea. Yeah. We're we're so overstimulated now with technology. So you know what that means? More salt in your diet. You need more electrolytes so you can actually have the communication from the brain to the to the rest of the body and your central nervous system and your spinal cord but i would definitely stay away from table salt Thank so you. The, so table salt is the is is the is the public enemy and unfortunately it's um it's a refined and bleach sodium and unfortunately it's one part sand one part sodium and one part glass and it's the glass that's doing all the damage when it goes in through your veins and your arteries it's 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 cutting you internally and so you're actually technically internally bleeding, which thus gets your liver to start producing an abundance of cholesterol to go and patch the wounds. And cholesterol was never the problem. Jesus. Cholesterol is not the problem. If cholesterol was the problem, it'd be present in our veins and it's not. What the problem is when we start breaking things and the cholesterol shows up to keep you alive. And that's why when the doctors do your blood work and they're looking at LDL, VLDL, HDL, which is high-density lipoproteins, low-density lipoproteins, very low-density lipoproteins. It's the proteins of which transport the cholesterol to go and patch the wounds, which is only found in the arteries and where the arteries bend. So anyone that understands fluid dynamics, you'll understand why 
the cholesterol collects itself in the bends of the arteries and why the bends of our arteries are being pulverized and why people are bleeding internally and why everyone's got bad cholesterol. It's actually the best way to reverse bad cholesterol is one, stay away from table salt. That would be a good idea. But then also eat more cholesterol. And, and everyone, this is, I know it's crazy to even think about, eat more cholesterol, the holy egg. Eat more eggs, you know, eat more organic dairy products and increase your cholesterol to stop your liver from, your liver is so intelligent that without eating cholesterol, your liver can manufacture cholesterol to keep you alive. And when you eat more cholesterol, which actually every hormone is made of cholesterol and hormones run, run the show, and every cell is made up of about 80% cholesterol, it would be a good idea to have some really good cholesterol in your diet. So for everybody that's listening to this episode, and you have, I like to call them the ones that are not woke, because you're woke, I'm surely woke, aware of everything that's going on, they may listen to this and they may say, well, I'm listening to these two guys go back and forth. I might as well just not even eat anything. I might as well just, <laughs> just chill. How do you think people can have to it's like do you feel that people and I, I think we can both agree here people have to make their own research they have to go out yep. read books don't read things or what you're going to see on social media there's some great instagram profiles that highlight a lot of the things that we're saying so when you tell me some of the stuff i'm like okay i've seen that i've heard that before so i'm i'm well aware of what's going on but the people that may listen to this now and be like they said not for me to eat meat. I shouldn't eat this. I can't eat a cheeseburger at McDonald's or wherever yep. I want to go. Like, just the other day, I won't lie. Yes, I'm a personal trainer. Yes, I'm health and fitness. Yes, I'm a health and fitness advocate. I have my cheats, but I don't go streamline and say I'm going to eat 10 cheeseburgers in a sitting yep. or every other day because there has to be a certain thing called balance. And I know a lot of people don't know what balance is. They think they can just have something quick and grab and go. I work in a mall. So it's like, yes, there's the food court. Yep. <laughs> there's the devil's playground. <laughs> but you know what? You one you want quick and easy. I realize there's sometimes now what experiencing with food. I'll go to the food court, I'll get a meal, and I'm like, I go back on the floor for my shift. I'm like, I don't really feel that good. I feel like I'm feeling very sluggish and stuff like that. So it must be something I'm putting too much in my body right now. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I don't, I don't think a lot of I don't think majority of us humans unfortunately know what it's like to actually feel good mm -hmm. and i do mm -hmm. i've been doing everything right and i can tell you one the mental clarity is is above and beyond i can see it i can like, see it. mental can clarity it. Yeah. and that's where i'm going to start having to hashtag it tunnel vision i know my mission in life and the things that i want to accomplish and it's become crystal clear my diet the consequence of my diet being so clean and good which is why my blood panels look amazing when i do go to switzerland and we do all of the all of the testing and they're pulling blood physical examinations mris um they got tests emgs or uh, chaps all of these things my results look above optimal i'm doing a really really good job so i realize i'm really sticking to the literature the scientific based clinically verified stuff you know, so it's not me saying it. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm really following the science here to say this is a good idea and this would be a bad idea. And so, yeah, those food courts, the way we're preparing our foods, fried foods, should be illegal, unfortunately. And I hate to say that because mm -hmm. you can fry a boot and it would taste good, right? <laughs> you know, fried food is pretty good, but unfortunately, it's killing us. It's killing, it's us. killing us, killing us, killing us. 
You know, and now these genetically modified organisms or genetically engineered organisms killing us. You know, um, the the use of herbicides and pesticides and and hormones and and antibiotics and all these things as well too that you're throwing in on top of the animals and everything like killing us. So we need to slow down because it's certainly hurting us. And when you look at, you know, North America's life expectancy, I think we only hit like 46 or 56 on the map you know, of all the countries in the world. And it's like, well, what? We have the access to, you know, Western conventional medicine. Why are we losing these battles? And a lot of it is in, the proof is in the pudding is what they say. let's go to this foods and how these herbicides and these pesticides are affecting our youth, right? And we look at the younger females that are growing up in our world today. So girls that are from anywhere the age of like eight to like, say, 16, with all these things being modified, all the hormones in the food, can we both say this is the reason why these young ladies are growing up, maybe getting their period way before their time? Yep. They're getting, they're being fully developed before their time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like these are the things that we kind of have to look at and say is the foods that we're putting in our body, like the younger generation, it's a living testimonial. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And it, it, it can be scary. You know, I've heard, overheard, Females be saying, oh, well, my daughter got her period. They're very, very young now. They're getting their periods young or, you know, they may not be getting their periods because of maybe it could be situation to do with foods. And, you know, you have young ladies that, and it's something I think that needs to be talked about. They say they don't, they, there's sometimes they don't get their periods is it because of the things that they're putting in their body and stuff like that. Big you know time. What I mean? So, you know, this uh, is uh, the crazy thing about what we're, what we're uncovering here. You know? Yeah. So like, um. Uh, Medical Express just published, which I'll obviously have to do my, my research because it goes that much further to find out who's publishing the research or the papers and to find out, you know, who's paying for it and all that stuff too. Because unfortunately, sadly, <clears throat> there's a lot of fictitious stuff out there and there's a lot of people being deceived, you know, by by companies or individuals. And that's what breaks my heart is that we've, we've become, you know, there's a lot of despicable people out there. And so you really, really got to dig deep when, when you're trying to understand this stuff and understanding how these things work. And so that's why right now Medical Express has just published that these early exposures with these pesticides are now being linked to the increased, in, increased risk of, of autism and these things we hear about. You know, we've heard about um, when it came to vaccinations, you know, about, you know, these illnesses and diseases and stuff like that. And, and now we're hearing about it with the pesticides and the herbicides. So... You know, I do truly believe that when we're, we're, we're messing around, with, you know, and making these synthetic manufactured chemicals, that we ought to be careful, you know. And I'm not taking it away from the scientists that are, you know, learning these things and discovering them. And, and you have these, the children that grow up to be these scientists to discover these things in laboratories and stuff and thinking that it could definitely help us. But when we find out that it's a bad idea, we should have that conversation and, and look to an alternative before it gets out of hand and we keep pushing these things. So so that's where some very serious problems are and, and we're definitely losing because when you see the statistics for, you know, Alzheimer's and, and Parkinson's and cancer and and all this sickness and disease and and um, there's some serious problems out there and it's like why why is it becoming exponential is my biggest question. The statistics are looking exponential and I'm thinking we need to we need to turn this boat around or we're going to have some serious problems because like myself, I, I plan on having a family one day right, and having serious. children yeah. and it's very difficult now, mm-hmm. even mothers, you know, with the, now with the, um, with the early miscarriages and, 
and also trying to do everything right so that your your child isn't born with with an, with a uh, a disease yeah, yeah. or with a with a neurological injury or any of these things and then also during the early stages of of childhood as well too to protect them and so that's where we need to buckle down and have these conversations and this is where it's not me saying it joe rogan made these comments about drug companies unfortunately drug companies you know they've monopolized they they kicked everyone else off the bus they have no one to compete against you know so we're investing a lot of money into into one team you know we are our fantasy football team there's only one team so we're always going to win yeah yeah you don't have a challenging human beings should be challenged you know that's 100%. why you, you have teams yeah and that's why i think it would it'd be nice to see the holistic doctors you know make their ascendance to to challenge things and to look for alternatives because i truly believe and this is this is just part of my belief but just from my research so i hope you don't attack me for this but i but I do believe, I, I do believe if you handed over all the money that we've raised, you know, billions and billions of dollars for cancer research and to see where we are in time now with, with all the cancer research and what we're still using as the therapeutics for individuals that are unfortunately suffering with cancer, I believe if we hand over a lot of this money over to the holistic doctors, I believe within about half a decade, they would come up with a, a really good answer and or treatment to really help us on this battlefront. Absolutely, I truly believe that, but but that's a, that's another conversation and that's a difficult conversation and uh, and a lot of team people have been attacked for it, but we should uh, we should keep pushing the conversation so that we can help each other because who wants to see a family member or a close friend go through these things? It really sets you back when you're out trying to set the world straight and accomplish things in your own life and then all of a sudden you see a family member fall behind because of health and sickness. And you think, well, they did everything right. Well, the things you didn't know that you didn't know. And so now it's time to have that mm -hmm. conversation. Personal question. From you when you boxed to now, with the things that you know, do you, how do I, how do I say this to make, it, to make it sound, to make it seem like it's sensible here? Do you wish that you maybe learned these things when you were boxing? Or do you feel like everything kind of went the way it needed to go for you to know what right the, right now what your real purpose is? Yep, absolutely. Um, I definitely wouldn't have learned of, about any of this stuff if I had been living the life I was living prior to the motorcycle crash. Yeah. I was looking to become a professional boxer and sign here in Canada and, and continuously yeah. compete. And then also continuously be an aircraft mechanic and mm. work on aircrafts mm. and work in an environment actually where there's a, there's a pile of chemicals and... And I didn't sit to take the time to read through the WMIS and read through these chemicals and what these things were doing to me. And so that's unfortunate. So stumbling in the wheelchair and, and defeating everything from lions, tigers, and bears, from the bacteria infections to a urinary tract infection to a pressure ulcer. Yeah. Uh, these are very serious issues. Um, autonomic dysreflexia. So getting smart and, and, and buckling down and taking these things on as a job and really wanting to learn about this stuff. And that's where I stumbled across honey and what honey can do when it comes to eradicating some of these very, very serious bacterial infections like MRSA, if you've yep. heard of MRSA, yep. methicillin-resistant staphylococcus aureus, very serious. But there's, there's a tons of research that show with a good organic solid, which is from New Zealand, the Manuka honey, Laying this on your skin topically or ingesting it, one, it turns into hydrogen peroxide and glucose oxidase, which these bad bacteria bugs, not the good ones, the bad ones, hate, kills them, destroys them. 
serious stuff. We would have never stumbled across this if it wasn't for my disability. And that's where, yeah, I totally believe that, you know what, maybe I was meant to be disabled, you know, like, and, and I hate to say it like that because disability is tough and, and, and I get it. I'm living it and it's a very serious injury. But I came from a fighting background and I got a fighting mentality why my tone gets gets a little yeah, bit high sometimes. I, like I get it, excited yeah. and the passion yeah. just, you know, I'm yeah. such a fighter and, and so I'm, I actually, I actually like my life in the wheelchair in a very peculiar way that I get to stumble across all this wonderful stuff and, and share it with others and, and to be part of the research in Zurich, Switzerland, being the first Canadian and, and going under that knife, I think it's a very proud thing for me and, and for myself and my personality and it's opened up so many doors and the people I get to meet in this life and the things I get to do, you know what, my life is perfect right now and it's only getting better. And so I really can't look at my disability as something that's one holding me back or something that's that's going to leave me sad for the rest of my life. I decide to use my, my, my disability for the greater good. And you know what, which I believe from what I've seen, it's just a matter of time before you'll see me back on my feet. It's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of how, it's just a matter of when. I see it. I feel it. And I, and I can just sitting across from you, I know you're destined for great things. You know what I mean? And the time, countless times we run into each other. I've, I've said it. I'm like, this guy is a, like, he's he's light years ahead. And some people say the exact same thing with me when they hear me talk about certain things because like I know when sometimes I could be at work and I may say something to some people. They listen and then you see yeah. them have they're in a trance because they're they're hearing what you're saying because how we can articulate everything that we're saying and then they're like, well, wait, what the hell? It's like they're being like not under a synopsis. Or a psychosis, should I say? But it's like they are in tune to what it is that we believe in and the things that we say because you have to go through shit to be able to talk about yeah. things. You know what I mean? Of course. And with my experience and now understanding how things work and staying away from the bad things and really adopting the good things, even the philosophies in the world, you know? And and so that's why I realized that this could help a lot of people and, and I'm going to be as truthful and as honest as I possibly can be because I'm not trying to deceive anyone. I'm not trying to tell you to just buy into these beliefs or these philosophies. This is the evidence. This is the science-based, clinically verified stuff that's really going to help you because I, I, I do peer support in the hospitals. I've even held the hand of, of someone on their deathbed. You know, I've been there. I've done that. And, and it's tough. And so that's why I decided while everyone's working hard, so am I. I'm, I'm muddling through and I'm, and I'm going on these amazing trips and experiences to learn about this stuff and to come back with the good news. And that's where uh, my life is, is just great. And that's why I'm publishing a book and I get on the stage and I do my speaking engagements because I think it's a lot of fun, especially for the kids, especially for the kids. I'm a big champion of the kids. You know, these young inquiring minds, they ought to know what's going on in the world and what career paths they can take they've never heard of being an engineer for robotic technology to help individuals that can't walk you know and that's a pretty cool career what about being a beekeeper i think that's a pretty a pretty amazing career knowing that that the demand now for honey is exceeding the exceeding the supply where we just don't have enough honey and it's and it's such a great tool and in, in food and and can really help us and they've even brought it into the medical system where now they have meta honey which they're using for you know for burns and in bact in in bacteria infections and cuts and, and all this healing stuff and it's it's just wonderful so it, it's all great stuff and it's all because 
I broke my back and I found myself in a wheelchair. And so now my life is talking to neuroscientists, neurologists, naturopathic doctors, medical doctors, um, Chinese, Chinese medicine, medical doctors, all kinds of amazing individuals that are all on the right side of the philosophy where they really want to help other human beings. So, This trip to Mexico, you speak about the video. Yes. What was this all about? Tell the listeners. So what this all all about is, um, so I realized that my disability is physical. It's a spinal cord injury. But um, wheeling around through the, the, what I call the disabled community, which is almost like a totally different world. You know, the families and the people and, and, and the stories and the jokes. It, it's totally different. It's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of mental health issues within the disabled communities. And, and I meet a lot of individuals, unfortunately, who are suffering, seriously suffering. Brain injuries is a serious one. My twin brother, unfortunately, I'm an identical twin brother, and, and he took a slip and fall at his work parking lot. And he, too, is an aircraft mechanic. And he fell and he bumped his head and, and he let it go for about three or four days, not realizing he had a, he had a mild migraine, which turned into a, a closed brain injury because he had a massive uh, blood cl clot that accumulated in his right hemisphere, which put him in a coma immediately. But he was picked up and rushed to hospital. And they did a surgery and opened up his head and sucked out all that excess blood and, and let the brain calm down from all of that severe pressure, which was doing damage. And so when he woke up, it's like he had a stroke. And so he had to go through all the physical rehabilitation. And so watching him make his recovery is where I met a lot of individuals who, you know, have these mental injuries, unfortunately, from brain injuries. And then also I, I started meeting individuals who are suffering with addiction. That's a very, very serious thing in, in, in the mental health world, and especially when it comes to brain injuries. And so that's where I started. I wanted to get really smart with this because this is something I wanted to talk about in my book and not just talk about um, physical injuries and spinal cord injuries. And so that's where I started listening to some very, very high IQ individuals. Is I say that they're high IQ individuals because they're really good at articulating their stories and, and really good at speaking. They're really good at writing. They seem to have so much knowledge. And um, that's where anyone from Joe Rogan on his podcast speaking about it, um, Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson, um, Susan Blackwell, they're all talking about psychedelic medicines. And, or even this woman that I read, I believe she was on a TED Talk, and, I, and her name is uh, Kaylaya, Kaylayla, I think it's Kaylayla. It's a, when you look at it, it's, it's tough to say. And she spoke about how she used lysergic acid dithylamide, which is LSD. And we need to understand the difference between macrodosing and microdosing. So microdosing on this form of acid helped cure her brain from a very complex post-traumatic stress disorder from when she was a child, which made its fruition when she was much, much older in her adult years where it finally affected her, put her into very severe depression. It helped save her from the brink of destruction. And then it also helped a family member who had taken a brain injury. So I really started learning about these plant-based medicines and these psychedelic medicines, which are entheogenic medicines and they and and the and it doesn't seem like there's there's negative side effects to taking these psychedelic controlled and with the right dosage these psychedelic medicines so i went to mexico because there's a facility there called iboquest and and there's a really nice uh, gentleman there uh, his name is barry 
um, if I say his last name properly, Rosanoff, or, or just everyone knows him as Barry, and he's right, yeah. running IboQuest in Mexico. And it's a treatment facility for, for those suffering from, from the opiate crisis. There's a big opiate crisis here in North America, very serious, especially in the United States. And so he has a facility dedicated to helping individuals who found themselves at the bottom of the dominance, dominance hierarchy on the streets, injecting themselves with drugs. It's a very, very serious, serious problem to the point where there's a lot of lives being lost here because of, of drugs and a lot of families that are being torn apart. It's a very serious problem. And so I went there to investigate and I wanted to see it because I was following the literature and it was medical doctors actually that actually challenged these plant-based medicines only to find out that they actually work, that they absolutely work, but they're illegal in Canada and the United States because of the drug companies. And Joe Rogan says that, so it's not me. Yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan talks about drug companies and stopping you know, good plant-based medicines where they just haven't figured out a way to monetize on this stuff. But the nice thing that it's down in Mexico is they still keep the nice spiritual side to these medicines. And so when they bring these patients in, they make them feel absolutely loved, cared for, safe, and they bring them through a very nice spiritual experience. And, and I'm, I, I sat in to listen to some very, very serious addicted individuals. We're talking about individuals that were injecting so much heroin, you're surprised they're alive. Jesus and that they even Christ. made it to this facility, which is the first step in getting their life back. Mm -hmm. And they were telling me about how people just don't understand the withdrawal, and I can't relate, so I, I had to listen. And so I'm listening to these individuals talk about how, how serious these withdrawals are and that they would do anything to get a hold of drugs because the withdrawal, you know, is, is just absolutely devastating. And so listening to them, like, they are so fixated on these drugs that... You, when people say, oh, you know, it's a life choice, this and that. Well, what was the life choice? Here's a story where a, a young man got into a motorcycle crash. And he, so he, he broke some bones, hurt himself. It was the first time you've ever experienced pain medication. Once he got that pain medication for the very first time, sure enough, his brain, which is, you know, so many individuals in life, your brain will be wired this way. And it's a very dangerous thing. And you can figure this out with alcohol quickly because alcohol is a drug. Yep. Is that he got the opiate, he got the opiate experience from this pain medications. He was getting that opiate high sense that felt really, really good. And then his brain started saying, I want more. Want more and then more. He, he wanted more and more pain medications where the pain medication turned to alcohol because he got the opiate effect from the alcohol. Then the alcohol turned into some very severe street drugs to the point where he's full-blown addicted. Never expected to be like this in his life. And so now he's finding himself in Mexico going through an ibogaine, which is a psychedelic drug from the West, West African tribe where they took it from the aboga tree. And it's a very spiritual drug or medicine. I don't want to call it a drug. It's a medicine. And when it's used, it eradicates, it eradicates um, opiate withdrawal. And also, it's an interceptive uh, medicine where it, it, it penetrates cells at the molecular level to reset neurotransmitting function and to basically rewire the neurochemistry of the brain to get individuals back to like their pre, back to pre-use of any of these drugs that got them addicted. And so this is a very serious thing. And so actually being there for the experience and witnessing this stuff, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. To see them go in on the medicines and everything the medical staff had to do and you know they did the sweat lodges and their diet having the medical staff there and the nurses and even you know clean getting them cleaned out as, as best as they possibly could before bringing them through 
doing liver panels, um, doing ECGs and checking, you know, hearts and this and that before they took the, the plant-based medicine and to get them through it and then to see them near the end of the treatment and, and to talk to them again, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This one individual that, who was such a serious addict, he felt like after this plant-based treatment, which is a, sh a short period of time, he was explaining how he felt like he was already a decade into sobriety from Jesus. opiate drugs wow. and that he was ready to adopt responsibility and get on with his life and that he didn't need to he didn't need to pick up the drink or he didn't have an urge to even go towards a drug and it, and, and this was all from one treatment one treatment one treatment and i thought this is amazing and then also understanding so dr gallard from john hopkins university he was the one that used psilocybin which is a magic mushroom and I'm just learning about this stuff. You know, I heard about it when I was younger, but I was way too busy with my boxing career and yeah, in, yeah. My, in my aircraft career to ever get anywhere close to this stuff and understand it. So Dr. Gallard used psilocybin, which is a magic mushroom, and he passed the ethics committee to use it on one, terminally ill cancer patients, and then two, um, chronic smokers. And so one, by the end of his published research and all the independent studies and the, and the clinical uh, and pushing everything clinically verified, he was able to eradicate smoking addiction by over 80-some percent, definitely, with one controlled trip of using psilocybin. And then when it came to the terminally ill cancer patients, it relieved their fear of death. They no longer feared death when it came to their cancer. And then also some of them were actually, um, were actually recovering with whatever form of cancer they had. They were starting to make a bit of a recovery after really relieving the stress of the brain like that. And I thought, well, this is some really impressive stuff. And, and I'm hearing individuals that I looked up to, like Joe Rogan, talk about this. You hear mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson talking about this stuff. And even Dak Shepard is, is, is starting to talk about this stuff. A lot of people are talking about this stuff. And it's like, well, what's the literature for me look like? And the science is looking good. The evidence is looking good. And I'm like, this can help so many people when we know that there's going to be, that there's, tons of suicides annually when it comes to mental health and there's a severe opiate crisis currently at the moment and I'm thinking we need to have this conversation so your experience that you went to Mexico with is this something that's going to be added to the book also too yeah it's something I'm going to dive right into the book and I want to lay out the empirical evidence I want to show everyone what the scientific literature shows so you can start championing the real celebrities and the people that are spending the time and, and advocating and investigating and researching and they're spending their days doing this for us mm -hmm. and I want you to show everyone what this looks like and just in case just in case you stumble across a family member who finds himself at the bottom of the dominance hierarchy and they've hit rock bottom and and you really want to help them in knowing that success rates and treatment centers currently in Canada and United States where they bring you in and there's behavioral psychologists and psychiatrists and nursing staff and some medical doctors and they'll do this and do that but the success rates is is very limited I think it's I'd hate to say this don't quote me on this but they say it's like two percent and I'm thinking well I wouldn't want to bring I wouldn't want to gamble on two percent I would I would definitely want a better chance and and so understanding these psychedelic medicines and what it can really do for people that's a that's definitely a 10 times better gamble is to go those routes and to go to this one treatment center that I highly recommend because my experience was amazing down in Ibo Quest in in Morelos 
Mexico, about an hour and a half, two hours away from Mexico City at a beautiful place they call Weyrica. And, and Barry is the, is the contact information. He's got it all set up to bring individuals down, to get you there, to pick you up at the airport, bring you to the treatment facility where you're in your own exclusive resort in the mountains of Morelos and you're taken care of and you feel the love and the warmth you're cared for and knowing that they're there to help you. Is this something that what you expect? I can't say the, the, the name, but where you went to in Mexico, is it open to the general public also too? Can the general public go there or do you have to be, or do you have to go there for a specific reason to get treatment? It's, it's not open for the general public. It's, it's, it's there for treatment. It's for a treatment, treatment, facility. treatment facility. But it's, it's a treatment facility, facility set up like a resort. It was very, very yeah. nice. Yeah. But it's, its sole purpose of why it exists is to treat individuals going through some very, very serious, tough times when it comes to alcohol and, and drug abuse. And even individuals who are going through some very, very serious depressions, which is neurochemical. Depression is neurochemical. They also go there too to help get their brain reset and, and get their, their life back. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. this is a treatment this is a treatment facility. It's not it's not a, a vacation spot. It's just mm -hmm. open for anyone. If, okay. if you know an individual who's suffering, I would definitely look to, when it comes to mental health, I would definitely look to IboQuest and to talk with Barry and, and, and to see if, if your loved one or, or, or someone you know can be saved. Is a very serious, serious, serious problem. No, no, definitely. With with everything that you've experienced to this date, who would you say, if you had to pick one person, it could be anybody, would you say is like your biggest inspiration in all of this? Like just yourself. Like who would you say is the biggest inspiration for well, everything right now? Well, biggest inspiration is <clears throat> I'm a huge Christopher Reeves fan, that's for sure. Facts, yeah. You know, he's um he's the real Superman, and I think it's I think it's absolutely um, humbling and, and flattering that people are, are calling me Superman and that I'm, the, I'm another wheelchair Superman and, and trying to help set the world straight, you know, with, with my experience and everything going on and really trying to help people here. Um, I really look up to Christopher Reeves and everything he did with his wonderful wife, Dana, and, 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 and now his family and what they're doing. But when it comes to individuals out there, which I, I would love for kids to understand, you know, some really amazing people. One of my, one of my, my, my most favorite individuals is, is Jane Goodall. She was the, uh, the primatologist that, that did the, the decades of research and understanding how, <clears throat> how chimpanzees and, and primates, how they, how they form, you know, their how they form their boundaries and, and, their, and their culture and their, and their tribes and, and really understanding humans and how we contend with each other. Because it's, it's actually nothing short of a bloody miracle that we're not walking outside and at each other's throats. You know, that we live <laughs> within a set of nice rules and we have nice borders and we have culture and we have beliefs, we have philosophies, we have religions, and we're not at each other's throats, which is a really good thing. And that we should really look at each other and say, listen, we really want to help each other because we all want to live the best life possible. Because I can't imagine not wanting why you'd want to wake up every day to live a, a terrible life. 100%. I'm Absolutely. sure we all want to live a, a really good yeah. life. Yeah. You know? We are here on the only rock that we know of in the entire galaxy, which the Hubble telescope has basically projected that there's over 200 billion galaxies and we still haven't found life yet. Not to say there's not life on another planet, but we haven't found any other life yet except for this rock. And so we're here and we know of the one inev inevitable fact is that 
no one gets to leave this planet alive. The, your, your clock and your time yeah. is eventually going to count get up. Fact. So it's like, well, what are you going to do in that time to give yourself a sense of meaning, you know, to give yourselves a, a sense of, um, of importance in this life and what you really want to do. And by finding this, which I found for myself, man, does that ever keep the darkness from keep creeping in? I could be so far, I'm, I'm the, probably the furthest away from any depression, any sadness, anything that's going to slow me down because I have such tunnel vision on all the good stuff to come. And so that's where I adopted my responsibility and, and I've given myself life meaning with, with what I'm doing and everything in the wheelchair and to see myself eventually, you know, getting the near future treatments that's going to help me get back on my feet. But I'm going to share that experience the entire time and I'm going to be on the stages giving the speaking engagements, which my next one is, is in April 6th. April 6th, they're doing a, uh, a, a book launch for the Awaken Your Inner Hero. This is really champion kids because there's a lot of uh, a lot of young children with such amazing minds you know they just have such free thinking critical minds and they want to tackle the problems for us as well too and it's, and it's a lot of fun and I'm featured in this book so I'm going to be up in stage and so I'll I'll definitely do a follow-up post on my social media with with Tammy and or Jen Fitzpatrick to really share what's going on and and I would welcome you all to come and tickets what, are being sold this is going to be I forget the name of the place because it's tough to say. Yeah. But I but I've got it's it. Canada so here or it's in Canada. It's in yeah, Canada. it's here in okay. Canada. Okay, so America, you yeah. American yeah. listening may have to you know. And it's at a, a nice uh, university. Yeah. And um, we're gonna sell out all the tickets and get everyone there to show off what's going on. You're really championing this kids because I believe in kids and and I love kids. I think they're great. You know, because we were all kids once we upon a time. We were all kids right? once for once. It's fun that. living yeah. vicariously yeah. through them, and then and then as well too that um, I'm also going to be participating in a very, very big, I'm going to be participating in a very big event. And this is where I would like to see the money go, to hand the money over to organizations that are doing everything right. And so the Wings for Life World Run is hosting, they host an event annually every year, Wings for Life World Run, where we all get to compete from all the countries involved and we all start our race at the same time. So if it's 7 a.m. here in Canada, it's 7 p.m. in China okay. and we all start at the same time and it's the only race in the entire world where the finish line crosses you. So everyone takes off and you're trying to get as far as you possibly can without the pace car catching up to you. And so the last one running basically wins the race. And so, and the individual that won it now two years in a row, he's in a wheelchair himself from Sweden. And uh, he's accomplished, I believe, all the way up to 92 kilometers in a wheelchair. Wow. And, and, and this is the cool part, too, is that all of the money raised for this Wings for Life World Run goes 100% to one spinal cord research and for the innovations and the technologies that's going to help individuals with physical disabilities so that we can live a more full life with having access to this stuff and the near-future treatments, which, which Chris Reeves have spoken about and we are getting very close and that's going to be what where was that and so that's about? may 5th the, uh there's there's going to be an app run here in london ontario there's the big run in uh, i believe it's going to be in niagara falls again here in canada and then all over the world there's a place in switzerland dubai uh china they got it going everywhere and so the, and then on top of that there's a wonderful company uh which has uh that I got to because I'm a big holistic guy and I like to take care of my health.
So I'm currently wearing these socks called the Vox socks. The and Vox so socks. I'm really into the neuroscience about things and understanding this stuff. So so Vox has created these these products that that stimulate your that stimulate uh, cells at the proprioceptive level to really encourage, you know, to re relieve anxiety and to really amplify, you know, um, really amplify the neurochemistry in the brain for, you know, balance and coordination and circulation, all this stuff. And so I definitely bought in because once I started using these socks, it really helps me in my walking technologies. It really stimu stimulates that brain stem, which actually is helping me rewire new pathways in my central nervous system from injury. So that's why, and so they have their own patent and technology within these socks and other, and other products that they have, which is really great. And so that's where there's this wonderful woman. Her name is Karen Smith, and she owns Socks and Souls, and she is an independent team leader with the Vox Life Company. And so she's going to do a fundraiser to help the Wings for Life. And she said, which you'll be able to go on to uh, the website to purchase these socks. And I'm not asking you guys, I'm telling you, buy these socks because 25% of every pair of socks or every product bought through uh, Socks and Soles is going to be put towards the Wings for Life, which means more money for us paraplegics and individuals suffering with these, can, with these traumatic uh, yeah. and catastrophic uh, disabilities. I definitely can help spread that across the network. You yeah. know what I mean? Like through, through my Instagram, through Twitter. Get your socks. Facebook. <laughs> no, definitely. 100%. Yeah. There's, there's, it's, it's going to a great cause. You know what I mean? And, of course. And I think that us as collective efforts, I'm always about creators. I'm about creators. I'm about content. It's about putting the right energy out there because I think that there's not a lot of people that have places to go turn to a podcast like we're doing here and be able to hear people experience through their life testimonials. You know what I yeah. mean? And you're a big advocate for that. You know what I mean? And, and, and something I've always, I know we, there was a little bit of a disconnect, but I was always there every time I'd see you. And like when I ran into you, I'm like, Jesus, like this guy is, you know what I mean? He's still, he's still an inspiration. Yeah, you know it's like I mean? nothing changed. Nothing you know? changed, you know yeah. what I mean? And nothing should change. It doesn't matter if, you know, we, if, if you're in a wheelchair or whatever's happened or you may can't walk or you have an injury or whatever it is, you never forget the people that were always there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your and life, always, your life doesn't have to change just because you have. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and you still do the exact same things. You know what I mean? I yeah. joked about it. We're due. We're <laughs> yeah. due for a night. We're oh, going to yeah. sit down. We're going to go to the keg. We're going to eat some meat. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Eat some red meat and whatnot. Cool. You know, yeah. I like my steak medium rare. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> good. It is what it is. Good. You know, yeah. maybe have some wine with all that good stuff. But yeah. I, you never lose sight. You know what I mean? And I even see myself even with the creation that I've built where, and I, we, were, we were joking about it a little bit. I said that like, I go places now people are identifying me as... Oh, the podcast savant, because that's what they see. They see that on my Twitter, like podcast savant. Yeah. And I'm like, and I downplay a lot of these things. And a lot of people are like, you need to quit downplaying it, man. You need to quit downplaying it. You're, you're helping getting yeah. the good news out. Yeah, I mean, you're helping. You're and you're helping. showing up and you're bringing all your stuff in yeah. and into my home and getting yeah. all set up so we can just share the yeah. good news. No, definitely. You're doing yeah. a lot of work. And so a lot of people should really look up to you for doing that. And also you're setting a good example, I think, too, Rory and... And it's, and it's honestly, yeah, it's been such a nice thing to have you in my life for, for all the love and support and, and encouragement and, and we're still friends and, yeah. and now we're doing this wonderful podcast to, to continuously just push the good news and, and to help, to help everyone else, you know, really 
lock it down when it comes to tunnel vision and and so that they can get on with their life and to know that that when people ask me what's the advice i give to others when it comes to disability and just just know you're not alone facts just know you're not alone absolutely you know and and reach out I, i think injuries happen so often and i know some can be more catastrophic than others but like just the other day like i'm at work I don't really announce where I work. If people want to figure it out, they figure it out. Because I kind of keep that off the yeah. the branding. But the young lady came in. She's on crutches. And, you know, our job is to educate about some of the stuff that we have in our store. And I simply looked at her. I'm like, is, you know, what was the injury? You're in a form of a sports car. So what was your injury? And she goes, oh, this is my ankle. I, I ruined my ankle. Just tore my, ankle, my ligaments off my bone and stuff oh, like that. Oh, jeez, yeah. And she's like... I'm nursing myself back to health. That little conversation, it was just so impactful. And I can even do a testimonial of like little injuries that I've had. And she goes, oh, wow, you know. And the disconnect of the conversation was get well soon. And she goes, oh, I hope everything goes well with you. Just to make that person's day a little much more better. And I know some people will be like, well, you didn't have to go out your way to do all that. No, it's because that's what's in my character. In my character is to, if I see somebody show some form of empathy you know what i mean because people can relate to that and then there's something you show empathy to and then they just don't forget about they forget about you tomorrow so it's just like okay you got to find a happy medium and stuff like that but i know what that does for me it makes my day that much better and then it makes pretty much her day that much better where she could even go to a family and friend and be like i was in such and such and a guy randomly came up and talked to me yes i'm looking for stuff but he could actually acknowledge that he saw me i'm on crutches and whatnot so It's just changing the dial, you know what I mean? I think if more people in this lifetime would be more open and mindful to have those conversations, it doesn't matter if you see somebody that's walking in a mall or walking in the street, smile, say hi, yeah. say hello. It goes it it goes far because it goes far and be, far and beneath. And people can relate relate to that and be like, yo, like we have actually genuine people out there, you know? You never you never know what it's gonna take to to change someone's path in time and it could just be like you said from from a smile just a simple smile and they, they can now actually measure the endorphins release when someone gets a nice smile back is, is noticed is recognized right or a, or a friendly hello and then you don't know where they were in time and then what happens if that turns into something that all of a sudden they get that confidence boost they're looking for and then that's the person that goes and discovers the the cure for cancer Thanks. you never know you never know right so that's where i, I know love is is such a powerful tool when it's used properly and it, it can definitely change the world you know for the for the greater good and and the, just like rory just just mentioned that simple smile hello or just creating a little bit of a conversation a little bit of a dialogue over here you know and, and getting to know people that's a big thing for me is, is is i know a lot of people now and and that's where you if, you if you really think about the math and so here's something for everyone to think about critically we're going to do some quick math here so we're all connected across the whole earth and there's over 7 billion 600 million of us but we're all connected because if you know say you know a thousand people so rory say you know a thousand people and then the thousand people that you know know a thousand people you know that well exceeds what does that do that's a thousand then ten thousand then ten thousands a million then a millions a billion and, and so forth and you can see how fast that spreads you know just from knowing that many people in your life and so we're all connected at a, at a deep intellectual level. You know, the one person you're speaking to might have someone that they've spoke to that spoke to another person that goes all the way to the other side, the other side of this earth. 
you know so you, so we are deeply connected and so Trust we ought me. we ought to stand up and take and take notice to stuff things like this and really start treating treating each other better with simple things going back to smiling going back to our manners you know and st and, st and really get away from the 21st century privileges and rights agenda let's go back to some of the traditional things that we th that we thoroughly enjoyed being polite having nice manners looking to help someone you know getting educated learning not being taught what to learn but 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 being taught how to learn you know so let's 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 dive into this I think this is a way I wanna I wanna wind down the show yeah, because you, you, you said you said something that that kind of hit home there. People that want to say hello, but what about the people that wake up and they have this persona about them, where they're hard on the outside and they play up to their they play up to this thing where they they how do I say it? They feel like they are. They're the big alpha in the room. They're the big dog in the room when yeah. really their bark is not as strong as their bite. Oh, yeah. They're very, they show this negative connotation, but it's a defense mechanism. There's people I know that do this, you know what I mean? And, and I always look at it and I'm like, why? Like, I can see through this. Like, you know, I can see through this. Like, you, you, you're not that type of person. Yeah. But it's, I feel it's because your back has been up to a wall so much because maybe by the things that you've implemented in your life and how you show people, so people are going to obviously have a perception of you. Yep. They're probably going to look at you and say, this dude is a jerk, this woman is, a, is an asshole, and, you know, I don't want to socialize with them. What's your take on people that have that sort of defense mechanism? They use that defense mechanism. They feel like they're hard on the outside, but in the inside, they're never really like that. They're so, actually a loving person. Well, it sounds like insecurities. You know, we all have them. Yeah. We all have yeah. our insecurities. Yeah. And we're different from what how we're, we're around our friends and our family and in our homes than how we act out yeah. in public. You know, public's a different thing. And so some people might see that from the societal norms as being an attractive thing, to be like an alpha male or alpha female type of personality when you're out in the communities. But that's where we've we've definitely lost track. We've been we've been so fixated on how we should look and how we should act and how we should dress, and we forgot about how about we work hard on displaying our talents. You know, everyone's very talented, especially you know in Western civilization where we have free choice, equal opportunity. Why don't you go discover your ta your talent? Whether you want to be the next medical doctor, whether you want to be the next naturopathic doctor, whether you want to be the next athlete or musician or you know artist. You know, go and display your talent because those are very, very attractive qualities. But I think we just, we allow our insecurities and our egos get the best of us sometime. And people forget that you actually, the brain's an interesting thing as well too. And you have your left hemisphere and your right hemisphere. And, and how they discuss the two hemispheres is the right hemisphere is chaos and the left hemisphere is order. And your brain's having conversation with itself daily for you to go out and make these decisions. And so that's where your ego might interfere sometimes. And they've even done studies actually where they can actually separate the two hemispheres and to realize that actually you have two personalities, you know, and one's getting the better of the other. And these are your egos that show up. And maybe, maybe the societal norms of, you know, men should have been this way and women need to be this way. And when we go out and we're trying to act that out to, to look intimidating or attractive, and people are just taking it in the wrong way until you finally break that person down and be like, you know, why are you acting like this? Why are you like so smug all the time? And it's like, oh, you know, and then you sit down and have a conversation with them. And it's just like, well, I thought, 
you know, uh, being a, a guy, I guess he could say, I, I thought that would look attractive, that I was the alpha male in the room. And it's like, no, actually, no. you know, being, being kind and polite and having manners and, and, and working hard to accomplish things certainly looks really attractive. It's how, it's how, you're, it's how you're respected. You could put a group of people, you could put three people in front of you, and you can tell who the most genuine one is by how their manners are, how yep. their character is, and just how they showcase themselves. Not you having a, a bad look or thinking you're top dog is going to make people think, oh, well, I need to like watch what I say. No. Or they'd rather, so I say, rather relate to the person that makes a little bit much more sense. That shows the things is empath empathy, gratitude. They they they're willing humility. to share humility and things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just a little it's just a little thing that I see kind of every so often every day, and I just kind of wanted to bring that onto the pod so people that kind of have their eyes and their ears opened and and things like that to look. Well, up it's yeah, and it's tough. It's tough when you're narrow minded because I'm trying to look back at my life when I was you know boxing and aircraft yeah. mechanic. Maybe if some of my ego got the best of me as well, too. Yeah. Maybe I was a little bit overconfident. And someone could say as well, cocky or um, or just looked arrogant or anything like yeah. that. As much as I wasn't, right? Yeah. I, I was, I'm, I've was. i always been this individual yeah. with my personality. Yeah. And then to find myself in the in the wheelchairs where it's it's definitely expressed, it's expressed itself that way. Mm -hmm. And people can now really see that. And now they really listen. Where before standing and, and being always physically fit and dressing a certain way and looking a certain way and talking a certain way... It may come off as, as actually looking negative or not attractive, mm -hmm. right? Until you start mm -hmm. talking. That's exactly. why the biggest thing right there is that is that fine line, fine communication. Line. Absolutely. Because you'll never, you can't judge a book by its cover. Absolutely. You definitely can't judge that Absolutely. book by its cover. You don't Absolutely. know what these people, and you don't know why people do the things, and that's why. So here's something to really think about. I really want everyone to think about this. Is I've been studying this a lot, and and it's it, it's really personal to me. Is I look at our, you know, we we do have a homeless. We have a homeless problem like everywhere else in the world. And, and you meet these individuals that are panhandling or at, in front of your grocery stores, you know, asking for your hard-earned dollars. And you need to understand of how you're going to talk to this person because it's, it's, it's a very dangerous line here. And, and, I, and I hope you have a better mind thinking about this. We need to understand intelligence. We're born with our IQ. And we under, need to understand cognitive ability. And we all under, under, need to understand you know, life events that happen in every single individual's life. And you don't know what happened to this individual and why they found themselves on that corner of the street asking you for your hard-earned dollars, you know, which you are automatically going to assume that they're going to use that money for drugs and alcohol. You don't know what their life is. It's a very, very tough life for individuals who find themselves at the very bottom like this. So I'm just asking you to just to be very, very careful and conscientious with your words and to know that these individuals... I don't believe they woke up one day to not be loved and to find themselves, you know, asking you for your hard-earned dollars. So just, just be very, very conscientious about this because it's become very personal to me. I do feel, I do very feel very terrible for these individuals that are at the bottom and they can't seem to get away from the bottom because they just don't have the intelligence to get away from it, and they've had a very, very ter terrible upbringing or something happened for them to be there, and so. I just want you to be polite, and that's all. And if and if you really want to do something, maybe you can help figure out how we can get people from stacking up at the bottom, and we can figure out this whole homeless problem. That would be a nice thing. I feel that's how I'm going to wind down this show for episode 136 with Lee. Sounds good to me. Because you're a walking book of knowledge, and 
you talk about judging a book by its cover. You've said some things on this show that I'm still left speechless. And what I always do, and a lot of people may think, you know, we do podcasts and you're a podcaster. You don't go back and listen to your shows. Trust and believe there's a lot of shows that I record and I go back and I re-listen to it from, a, from the audience perspective. And sometimes I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, if I'm doing solo pieces, I'm like, did I just say that? Or did that guest just say that? Like, it's a different way of knowing how to progress. You know what I mean? Because yep. when you listen back to your, your, your work, you're like, you can critique your work and be like, holy, like, you're a walking book of knowledge, my man. And Thanks, I, I, I want it. to do this. We're going to do this again. Oh, yeah. It has to be done again. You and know for all, I mean? everyone listening, it's all acquired. You know, I, I took the time, sat down, and I encourage everyone else to do this. Read a book. Speak to individuals who are in career paths, who are doing things differently, and, and find the knowledge for yourself, and then to have those difficult conversations so you can find the truth. Absolutely. And then you can sound and, and speak and do everything that I seem to be doing, which is right for my health currently at the moment, and to move forward. So it's, been, it's been an absolute privilege and honor, Rory, to be on your, onto the Mitchell Report on Leash. So thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. And I always like to give back to the guests where they plug the social media outlets and stuff like that. So where can everybody reach out to you, connect with you, and all that good stuff, my friend? They can find me on my Facebook page, which is... I believe it is lee.tebo88 or you can find me on Facebook at Lee Tebo and you can also find me on Instagram as lee.tebo or yeah. at lee.tebo yeah. and you're on, you're on Twitter and also I'm on twi Twitter it might be as Terminator Tebo or as that Superman Tebo I haven't been on Twitter in a while yeah. we, gotta get so back. we gotta get you back I'm on all there. over social media and you can definitely reach out and ask any questions and um, and yeah I'm here just, just know I'm here I appreciate Not you. Not going man. anywhere anytime soon. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank Thanks, you for Ray. coming on the show. Awesome.